You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, your chance to win a $50 gift card to VK Bruco and some swag from them as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. We're also still taking your text messages at 960-960, name and location, in honor of Will Levis signing that lifetime deal with Hellman's Mayonnaise. Which company are you signing a lifetime deal with? 960-960, name and location. But first, to talk about those Blue Jays in the major leagues of baseball, Adnan Verk on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline from MLB NHL Network and, of course, the Cinephile Podcast. Adnan, good morning. How are you, pal? George, Maddie, great to catch up, fellas. How are things? We're good. I'm glad you jumped on. I had a movie text question yesterday that blew up on the text line. Do you want to do that mm. now or at the end of the interview? Whatever you like. Your choice. Mm, okay, dealer's choice. Let's do the movie thing now. Um, yeah. I asked our listeners, uh, what is the movie that everyone loves that you hate? And then what's the movie that everyone loves that you just can't stand? Forrest Gump. Uh, I've never oh, understood wow. the appeal of that movie. Yeah. Over the yeah, top it's, rope. It's, yeah, it's a doozy. I remember seeing it in the theater and thinking it was okay, but awfully sentimental and schmaltzy and just overdone and tough to stomach, quite frankly, at times. But I said, okay, I, I guess I can give Hanks credit for you know, his commitment to the role, and I do like Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan, but as I was watching, a lot of eye rolls for me in the audience. I just found it so far-fetched and ridiculous. I give it some credit for the technology, especially Robert Zemeckis at that time, the way he was inserting Forrest all over the place. Right. But, but honestly, life is like a box of chocolates and run Forrest Gump. Like just ridiculous nonsense, right? And then for that movie to actually win Best Picture has just increased my animus towards it because it overcomes one of the wow. great years in recent memory because it was Pulp Fiction and The Shawshank Redemption and Lion King and yeah. Quiz Show. Like any of those movies should have been Best Picture ahead of Forrest Gump. So that's the one that always rankles me the most. And in fact, there's a great scene in The Big Sick, Kumail Nanjiani's movie with Ray Romano, in which Ray Romano says something about, I never go on the internet. That's where you find people who hate Forrest Gump. What's wrong with these people? So apparently there's more than just me out there who has some wrath towards Forrest right. Gump. Right. Is, is that the only one? Because you're such a, just such a movie guy. Is that the only one? That's the big one. I mean, as far as actors who I find overrated, it really offends people when I mention Harrison Ford. Because my thought process is he's had two iconic <laughs> roles, but he doesn't have much range as an actor. You know, he's, he's great in a fedora, and he can crack a whip, so that means he's Indiana Jones. And he certainly has a verbal yeah. facility to see all the sarcastic asides as Han Solo. But I never really thought in anything else he was particularly noteworthy. And those two characters, there's not much differentiation for me. So he's one of those guys that I'm like, unquestionably a movie star. But I never thought he was a great actor. Mm. And then when I have to see stuff like regarding Henry, I'm like, oh, this movie's atrocious. So I don't, not crazy about him either. <laughs> Is it, is, does, does him and uh, Tom Cruise still have the same vibes, like movie stars, but maybe not the best actors? Oh, 100%. I mean, Tom Cruise, when you, when you first try to see him acting, you're consistently aware that he is acting. Like, if you watch something like The Last Samurai, when he's pretending to be drunk, you go, oh, my God. Like, there, there's no actor who is forcibly showing you more how hard he's acting. You know, they used to always say about Willie Mays, he'd make it look so easy, right, making a basket catch. 
Cruz is the other way. Like, he makes acting look so hard and so painful. Like, it really can't be this difficult. But, but he wants to show you how much exertion yeah. he's giving at all times. And it's just, it, it's tough for me to stomach as well. Um, is Get Off My Plane by Harrison Ford and Air Force One the greatest <laughs> line in movie history? <laughs> it is a good line. Again, I, I give him credit it for surrounding himself with talented people across the years. Yeah, Wolfgang Peterson was the director of that movie. Get off my plane is a heck of a good line. I will, I will concede that. I, I don't give him credit for it because he didn't write it. But if he had lived it, then I'll give him credit. Otherwise, it's just a great line on its own merit. Um, sticker, you stink, and Top Gun from Tom Cruise. Which one's a better line? I don't know. I'm going to go get off my Slider, plane. You stink, that... Slider, you stink. Sorry. Slider, you stink. Sorry. Slider, you stink. Isn't there a line in there, too? Quentin Tarantino's talking about Ace, you can ride my tail anytime. Like, Tarantino does a bit yeah. about the, like, the homoeroticism in Top Gun, which is pretty funny. Yeah, I did dead. see that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, but but The Fugitive, Tom uh, Harrison Ford? Come on, Adnan. It's a great movie. Yeah, no, you know, you're right. Fugitive is a great movie. But again, I, I don't want to say it's in spite of him. Like, he's fine. He, but I, to me, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee so, Jones like, is the fugitive. Right? That's he makes right? it. I yeah. agree. Won an Academy Award. Like right. he's fantastic. I mean, when when he when when, when Aaron's words is, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Every time it cracks me up. <laughs> it's I didn't kill my wife, and then he just does the that guy right there did a sw- did a Peter Pan right here. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> I've seen that movie a million times, Adnan. When it's on TV, I start watching it. I just love the era when they use payphones. I just love movies with yeah. payphones in them now. I'm just obsessed with that. I think it's the best. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, George. I was in a restaurant back when I was in Toronto. I was at home a couple weeks ago, and I was stunned. There was a payphone by the bathroom, yes. and I said, this can't, this can't be operational. Like This is just like a hood ornament. Yeah. But it looked like it had a dial phone. I picked it up. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a quarter. I would have wanted to actually <laughs> use it. But it was yeah. I was going to say, did you make a call? Yeah. Yeah. I, heavy bre- I think I think it's a prerequisite now if you use a payphone. Heavy breathing is definitely included. <laughs> um wanna ask wanna ask about uh I want to give you an analogy I kind of throw earlier in the show and you're the perfect one to ask. Uh, I know the uh the Detroit Lions have been uh losers forever and ever and ever. To me the Angels are like the Lions with one World Series championship. Agree or disagree? No, that's pretty good, man, because it's like <clears throat> both those teams, you'd say, well, they, you know, they have a fan base. Now, with the Lions, probably a little more passionate than the Angels, but like neither team is an elite franchise. And, of course, the Lions, I mean, when you go back and say they haven't won a playoff game, or I think it's since 57, like it's something insane. Like, as far as, like, maybe, I think it's, they've won two playoff games in the season since 1957, if I'm not mistaken, which is just insane. And, you know, they've definitely had the transcendent star. Barry Sanders will always be identified as one of the game's greats, and Otani now for the Angels, and Trout, of course, three-time MVP making his return. But I like the correlation, because you look at both those teams and you go, um, you're never going to be number one in your city. Like, for the Lions, they'd like to be. But no, the Red Wings actually have won, and the Tigers have their fan base, and the Pistons have actually won. So, like, the Lions, they, they have their followers, but they're never really going to be as strong as they should be. And it just seems like they're just mired in mediocrity. Like, whenever you see a moment, you go, oh, hey, Matthew Stafford, oh, they got a couple good things. No. Except they shoot themselves in the foot. And with the Angels, they had their moment, right? All-star break. We're going to make some moves here. We're gunning for it. And then just a disaster. They're 5-14 in the month of August. 
I mean, it could not have been a more catastrophic collapse. And Steve Phillips, the former Mets GM, who does some stuff that will be never, he called it baseball malpractice. He said the fact they would not trade Otani, and I tried every way to go back and defend the Angels. I said, well, Steve, at least they went for it. He said, well, what do you mean at least? But they didn't. Like they, they didn't. They weren't successful. Well, you don't get an award for at least they tried. Well, they shouldn't. They should have traded him. And I said, what about the thought process that you could never get true value for Otani? And he said, nonsense. And I heard people saying that, like, oh, well, you know, it's only two months of Otani. What are you going to get? It's still better than the draft pick you're going to get when he leaves. And I said, what if he stays? He goes, of course he's not staying. He was adamant. He goes, if he wanted to stay, he would have already signed the contract. Everybody knows that. When you test free agency, it means you want to leave. If you want to stay, you sign the extension. The way Trout did. The way Julio Rodriguez did. The way Fernando Tatis did with the Padres. Like, any one of these stars, if they want to stay, they'll pony up the money. You don't think Moreno and the Angels have tried it? Eh, let me just try for agency. So... I actually, before talking to Steve Phillips, I thought like it was maybe 40, 60 to steal the Angels. Now I'm like, no, he's gone. Like, Steve's <laughs> right. He's going to the Dodgers or the Mariners and the Giants, and this season has just gone on the toilet for the Angels. Doesn't it feel like, like we're watching the Mariners now rattle off almost 10 straight, and they sold some pieces ahead of the deadline, and obviously you've got the Angels doing what they're doing. Doesn't it feel like this is how it usually goes? Like a team that's maybe on the outside loads up, they usually miss a team that trades away stuff, they get some youth in, they get a little bit of an underdog mentality, and sometimes they go run and get in the playoffs. It just feels like, despite the expected results being vastly different, this is usually how things end up. Especially, Maddie for the Angels, because you're right. Yeah. Even, even when they're making those moves, they're four games in the wildcard spot. You go, okay, yeah, I know it's only four games, so theoretically an eight-game winning streak will get you the spot. But like when you're behind four other teams, that's where it becomes challenging. At that time, the Yankees were still in the mix, but the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Mariners, like they were they were below, they were, you know, behind the Angels at that point in time. So I think that part of it is predictable. I think it's a little unpredictable what the Mariners have done. Like I, I'm pretty surprised because I thought what Jerry Depoto was saying is that hey, we're not going to sell. We're not really going for it. When you're kind of one foot in, one foot out, to me, that's never really a recipe for success. So he trades Seawald, the closer. I'm like, okay, well, I guess if he felt like he wanted to get some youth. But then all of a sudden his offense just woke up. Like, quite simply, they had underachieved the entire year. Julio Rodriguez goes bananas at four or more hits in four straight games. He's raised his average at 25 points in the second half. Cal Raleigh's got 24 home runs. Oscar Hernandez has shown some life. Basically, their hitters who hadn't done anything woke up. And all along, their pitching has been outstanding. I mean, Castillo, George Kirby, who I love, he's got that great strikeout to walk ratio. He leads, he hates walks, because I'll never get up a walk if I can help it. Logan Gilbert's really good, you know, so uh, Miller as well. So, like, they've got a quartet of pitchers that are excellent. So I just think that they, I wouldn't say they got lucky, but, you know, they, they were fortunate in that their offense finally awoke from their slumber. And now it looks like it's going to be a dogfight with the Blue Jays. Like, Toronto has to get their act together, because now they're a game behind Seattle, even by beating the Orioles last night. Seattle stays hot and wins. So I, I'm with you that it's it's not surprising the Angels tried to make a move and it was foolhardy, but I am generally surprised how good Seattle has played. I, I I wouldn't say I thought they were out of it, but I thought they'd be one of those teams, you know, three or four teams back behind the Red Sox, behind the Yankees. They just surged like this, and now it's uh, it's been pretty impressive to see. MLB, NHL, Network, Cinephile, Podcast, and Ann Verk joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Podcast Hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You kind of 
inadvertently explained the Blue Jays to a T. Did you not, Adnan? Uh, incredible pitching, and now the bats are finally waking up. If the Blue Jays bats just wake up, Adnan, this this team has this team could win the World Series. I don't think that's hyperbole. Obviously, the Braves are far and away the best team in baseball. But when you look at the Blue Jays, that pitching is so damn good. That bullpen looks Sam so damn good. Just get any sort of hitting, and this team's a force, Adnan. Yeah, George, they're the only team in baseball that's top five in starter ERA and bullpen ERA. And at last check, they have the lowest team ERA in baseball. That That is shocking to me. If you told me at the start of the year in late August, the Blue Jays have the lowest ERA in all of baseball and yet are not in playoff position. I would have thought there must have been some catastrophic injuries along the way. But no, I mean, Bubba Shep was out for some games, but that happens. Vlad Jr. instead, he's been good, hasn't been great. That's disappointing. Dalton Varsho does home, homer last night, but... He's been disappointing offensively. George Springer around a 700 OPS. He's been disappointing offensively. Alejandro Kirk, fan favorite. He's been disappointing offensively. So I look at those four guys specifically and say, if they were just where you thought they would be, even if one guy was subpar, the rest of them were exactly to expect, this team would be absolutely making a push towards the AL East. Like, they're, they're seven and a half games back right now. Baltimore, to me, if those guys were actually hitting, it'd be two games back. Uh, thankfully, they've had other contributions. Brandon Belt's been a really good signing. Bobuchet is back right now, second in the league in hitting. But they, they need more offense, quite simply, because you're right. With their pitching, you can make an argument. They have the best pitching in baseball, and you can actually have the numbers to back it up. Certainly their rotation. If you look at the American League East, they've got the best starting rotation. I don't think that's any question. Gossman is top three for the Cy Young, especially after Cole got beat up against the Red Sox in his last start. Barrios is back that we was. Kikuchi, which is astonishing to all three of us and anybody who's ever watched a Blue Jays game. The fact he has like a three-and-a-half ERA is astounding. And then you've got Manoa, who's not back to what he once was, but at least he's a facsimile of himself. Like, there's four starters right there. You go, man, that's pretty good. You throw a little Hunjin Ryu and Chris Bassett. I didn't even mention Chris Bassett, who's really good at home, not great in the road. Yeah. They've got six starters right now. And the bullpen, especially with Swanson and Romano, uh, it, it, it would be really stunning, honestly, if the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs of this kind of pitching performance so far. You, you say Kikuchi's the comeback player of the year, right? He has to be. Oh, yeah. I remember at the start of the year, right? You and me were joking about it. Like, oh, you know, he can do some things. Like, come on, Adam, let's be real. I'm like, you're expecting a 5 year out of this guy. And instead, he's been amazing. Right. And, again, a lot of credit goes to Pete Walker. I mean, the pitching coach for the Jays, remember when Robbie Ray went a sign, everyone kept saying, look at, look at what Pete Walker did. Ray used to walk too many guys. He's worked on that now. Kikuchi, similarly, control was an issue. And now he's just firing darts out there. I mean, it, the way he pitched last night against Baltimore, that, that offense put up some runs. And he was terrific. I'm with you. He's definitely in the mix for comeback player of the year. Um, when it comes to the Jays, uh, I just wanted to ask you about this. Uh, to me, uh, is Ross I Ross Atkins in hot water here if this team misses the playoffs? Because, again, what was the number one piece of business this offseason that we heard about? Oh, it's all about pitching and run prevention. Clearly the team's done that. They pitched the ball incredibly well. They're catching the ball better than they have in years. But if this team misses the playoffs, it could be it for him, No. Yeah, it gets really tricky, George, because what happens is the last few years I've found Blue Jays fans saying, oh, you know, the, uh, what a great core we have, and, you know, this team is going to contend for a while. And then eventually you start to go, uh, I think you have to contend now. Like, that window all of a sudden started to close. Because if you look around, Baltimore's arrived. You know, a year ago, they're around 500. You figured they'd be around 80 wins again this year. No, no, no. They're going to win 100 games. They're the best team in the division. Oh, okay. And, and, they, have the, uh, the and they have baseball's best farm system, which is also a kick in the pants if you're a Blue Jays fan. Right. So, like, for the next three to five years, the Orioles aren't going anywhere. God forbid they actually spend 
and make a free agent signing or two. But just <laughs> at, on the low, what they've done with drafting-wise, they're going to be one of the best teams. Okay. Now, the Rays, again, they have a surplus of pitching. They've been decimated by injuries when you look at Rasmussen and McClanahan. Glassdown is now back. But still, like, they've lost some guys. But the Rays are perennially a 90-win team. The Red Sox, through the magic of Alex Cora and a robust offense, somehow are in the mix for a playoff spot. I can't figure out that one either because I said the Red Sox are going to win 75 games, and instead it could be more like 85 games. I don't think they make the playoffs, but they're going to hang around until the end of the season. They've got a really tough schedule down the stretch. Then you've got the Yankees, who had their first nine-game losing streak since 1982. It's the worst they've been in 41 years. So you go, okay, wow. fine. The Yankees are finally down. They're bad. They haven't lost 10 straight games, by the way, since 1913. So if they lose tonight, first time in 100 years. And you're telling me the Blue Jays can't take advantage of the fact the Rays have had four starters gone for the season. The Yankees have not been this bad since the early 90s. The Red Sox pitching, they've had their woes. And you can't make the playoffs? Like, that is going to be a a real heart attack, I think, for the Blue Jays. And again, back to this point with the window closing, you know, a couple of Vlad Jr. is going to be testing for agency in a year from now. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to want his $250, $300 million. Are you going to pony up? You've already bought out Bob Bichette's arbitration years. Okay. But this young core, which seemingly has so much upside, in two years, the core is over. Like Then the window's closed. What are you going to do then? So I, I'm well, with you. There's definitely pressure on this Jays team to win now. Uh, th- that's what I wanted to ask you about Vlad Jr.'s contract, because that's obviously looming on the franchise. Is is there now a scenario where you look at it now that you know his value isn't as high as it was, obviously, two years ago when he was right there in the MVP conversation with Shohei Otani, but how much was that Dunedin and Buffalo wrapped into that uh, campaign as well? But Wanted to ask you, Adnan, um, when it comes to Vlad Jr., would now be the time to sign him to the extension? Because probably you get a better number. I know it sounds I know it sounds counterintuitive, but maybe that's the way the Blue Jays go because his 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 value couldn't be lower than it is maybe right now. Although he still had a very rock solid season, but he's not the Fernando Tatis number I thought we were all going to have to sign Vlad to. No, I'm with you. I think originally you thought three was the first number. It was going to be a 10-year, $300 million contract. He'll get paid like Judge, Tatis, Machado, et cetera. And now it's like, no, maybe he's more $200 million. And you're right. Maybe now's the time you get that bargain. I mean, if you look at Freddie Freeman, what, what was his contract? Like six years, 162? I think it's like $27 million a year. No, I get it. Like, and he's Freddie's awesome. Older. Right. Yeah. Like Freddie Freeman's outstanding. Like Every year he's going to be top three in the MVP voting. Now, that's a first baseman who's got some power, who's good defensively. You say, okay, well, Vlad's younger than him. Okay, I got that. So if we go six for 162 Freddie, can we go eight for 200 for Vladdy? Does that get things done? Is that fair for both sides? $25 million a year for a guy who can be a very good hitter for the next eight years. And we've seen where he can be an elite player. I'm with you, albeit aided by the fact he was playing at the Dean in Buffalo. But I, I think that's a number that you can – I mean, God, if they could get him for under $200 million, the Jays should sign him tomorrow. I don't care if it's like six years, 180. I'm like, no, no, do it. Because if you can get Vladdy for six years of that number, that would be, I think, really rewarding for both player and team. But this is probably mm-hmm. the time to try to explore it. But I think Vlad's camp will try, will try to push back and say, you know what, on the open market, we can still get more. How much does Vladdy want to play in Toronto? Because if he really wants to play here and stay here, then you're right. The Jays can get that discount now. But if their thought process is, mm-hmm. hey, this guy's not going to age well, the best is not yet to come for Vladdy. He kind of is what he is, and he overvalues himself. Then I think you might start to look at it, maybe exploring a move. And maybe you don't trade him, but I, I, I don't know. I think I'd be skittish about giving him the kind of money he wants to get. Right, because Bo Bichette is the face of the franchise now, and I don't even think that's particularly close. He's the face of the Blue Jays, and, you know, the, the lofty expectations Vlad had, because we heard about it, like, you know, since a 16-year-old signed as a 16-year-old from the Dominican. Like, he's a guy that's going to be the next Pujols. He's going to be the next... 
you know, Miguel Cabrera, well, he definitely hasn't lived up to that yet, although a very good hitter. Wanted to ask you from a personal uh, broadcasting uh, perspective, how awkward is this Wander Franco story to cover? I thought you were going to ask me how awkward was the Joe Buck handshake he had with the commanders. Only the other okay, day, well, still... well, if you want to break that down, that was super awkward because clearly that was a wet salmon, an unintentional wet salmon. Oh. I mean, clearly Joe Buck with a hand gesture and the way the owner shook his hand. Yeah. I'm not sure. Which Troy Aikman's face is awesome. Troy Aikman. Exactly. The Aikman reaction, just wanting to like double over laughing, was hilarious. But, uh, yeah, that was a nice – I'm always good for a nice awkward handshake moment. With Joe Buck and the new owner of the Commanders, but yeah, for Franco, it's, it's just we did the story yesterday, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to read this verbatim. Like, here's a statement from Major League Baseball. There's nothing that I'm going to add to this. This is like Walter Cronkite journalism. Literally, just read the prompter and move on. Because as you said, if you start to get into the details, it, it, it's pretty sorted. You know, at the very least, this is a guy who is being investigated for potential relationships with multiple women who are minors. Period. And in the Dominican Republic. You cannot. I double checked this law. I'm like, you have to be just be 18 years old. That's the age of consent. Now in America, it's different, right? State by state. Who knows what it is? In Kentucky, Mississippi versus New York, Massachusetts. But in the Dominican, it's 18. And you know, there's some rumors that you know he didn't know her age, was led to believe something else with the family. Whatever that may be, the fact that he's in the restricted list right now, he's not going to be playing baseball for a while, and he doesn't have to worry about matters much more important than baseball. The way this is headed. Do Do you think he ever plays again? You know, at this point, it's 50-50. Because, you know, if, let's suppose he gets convicted of a crime, right? Let's suppose he had Man. multiple relations with women under the age of 18. I mean, no one's going to hire a pedophile, right? Let's be honest. You're not going to have that guy in Major League Baseball. So he's going to have to right. hope that he is not convicted of this case. If there's even a charge against him, I think it's tough to get this. Look at what happened to Trevor Bauer, right? He was so-called exonerated. Didn't, didn't serve prison time, but just the allegations alone and proof of this yeah. conduct means he's never going to pitch in Major League Baseball again, period. Yeah. Um, it, does this kind of feel like um, just sticking to the same sort of theme? And, and again, this isn't where I like to generally go on our shows, but aren't we just all waiting in the hockey world on that World Junior Report thing? Like we're just waiting on eggshells and what the ramifications of that will be when that investigation's fully completed and we get all the details? Oh, my God. I, I was talking to a friend the other day. He said, you know, well, what's going on with that? I'm like, well, we're, we're waiting. I mean, eventually it's going to come down. Like the, the truth will always come out. And you're right. What's going to happen is, hey, who was conducting the acts of alleged sexual assault? Who was watching? Who was uh, complicit? Who didn't speak up? And like that's where there's so much blame to go around. That's why these things yeah. can really bring down the entire house of cards. Right? Look at Joel Quenville. It's like, well, he wasn't doing it, but he was aware of it. He didn't stop it. Joel Quenville's like a Hall of Fame coach, and it said he can't get a job now. So I, I'm with you. This whole Hockey Canada situation, Oof. man, it, the, the tentacles are going to spread far and wide, right, to levels of management. Who knew but didn't say anything? Who was the actual perpetrators? Who didn't stop it? Yeah. It's going to be as messy as the, the Joe Pa situation with Penn State. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Adnan Verk, MLB NHL Network. He's also on the Cinephile podcast. Adnan, terrific stuff. I appreciate your Forrest Gump take. And uh, yeah. just uh, your Harrison Ford one kind of caught me off guard. But, again, uh, I you're a guy who watches a ton of movies, and I respect your opinion. Uh, I totally agree on the Tom Cruise thing. But the Harrison Ford thing caught me off guard. But I appreciate you, and I appreciate you jumping on this morning for us. Let's do it again soon, pal. I appreciate it, George. Maddie. we agree on Cruz, which is good. We agree on the greatness of the fugitive. And as far as run, Forrest, run, run away from Forrest. Please run. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks, Adnan. There he is. Uh, I couldn't agree more that Shawshank was was jobbed in that year to win Best Picture. Well, pulp Fiction, but it's fine. Okay. That's fine. Again, what a year for like... movies. <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
Wait, yeah, that Forrest Gump one, yeah, The Unforgiven was the year after, right? Unforgiven was 92. Yeah, 93 was Shawshank, right? Yeah. And Gump was 94? Yes. No, no, wait, now I'm confused. Gump came out in 94. Yeah. So, yeah, adding in Best Picture noms. Hold on. Yeah, Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah, over the Shawshank Redemption, Paul Fiction. Yeah. Wow. The 67th big, Academy Awards. Good big Lord. Pulp Fiction guy. Big yeah. Pulp Fiction guy. Big yep. fan. Okay. Um, yeah, that Wonder Franco story. We haven't been discussing it for a reason because uh, it's really gross. Yeah. Every and, time uh, there's an update, I'm like, yeah, morning report. Uh, do we really yeah, want to hear about this, this while we have our coffee and our breakfast? Like, no, let's yeah. just. I'm I'm just excited for like, him to fade into the ether and never be an issue again. That's kind right. of where I've um again to. allegedly like we don't know for a fact, but it, <laughs> there's a reason why he they've taken all the uh Wander Franco signage down at the Trop. I'm sure the four dozen fans who were going to the game uh noticed that too, but they've taken away all the signage at the Trop. Kind of reminds me of um and Patrick, you can speak to this. I'm sure Maddie, I don't know if he knows this. The Frank Rebury thing. With oh, the prostitute. Yes. Yeah. Now that didn't one didn't uh, end out end very well either. That whole French organization, like Benzema, was in on that as well. Like, yeah, it was nasty. It was uh, very very nasty. So this is actually relevant because there's that documentary coming out with um, on the the Florida Gators. Yes. Urban, Urban Myers team. Yeah, the Tim Tebow, the 06 09 teams. Yeah, the teams that had, like, I believe it was like Aaron over, Hern, over Hern. well, in the end, like over 30 people who played for those teams ended up arrested for different charges yeah. of all sorts of varying degrees. Mm-hmm. And now they're making a documentary about it, but also Urban Myers in it. And it's one of those things where you're like, well, if this was actually what the people wanted, he probably wouldn't be in it because there's going to be a lot of stuff that people want to know about. That happened. That is never going to come to light. Yeah, like right. how many? Even of- in some of these, like you know, they're documentaries, and I use the term documentary very loosely because it doesn't mean what it used to. Because there's so much input from the subjects of said documentary, right? So it is what it is. Yeah, that, i.e., uh, Last Dance. Uh, i.e., uh, stay the hell away from that Wander Franco story uh, as much as possible. Okay. <laughs> But uh, we're not again. When that story about the was twenty eighteen, right? The twenty eighteen World Junior Hockey Championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that story comes out, we're we're gonna have to cover it because it's the NHL and that's what we do. Well, there's the show, gonna be a, a lot of players, like a lot more relevant. Like there's here's a flame the on that team. W- Wander Franco. Yeah, there is. No, no. And, but hey, we don't know. Like team, again, like, like, like again, we don't know anything. No, we, don't. we don't know what the investigation reads. Again, I, I cannot make that clear. We're not. We're not making any allegations. Anything to do with anything like that. I just, I know it's going to be an enormous deal when it actually happens, and we have no choice but to talk about it. Well, like and, that's, there's, and there's that's essentially what I'm saying. And there's like, going to be, I don't want to, because that's not what this show's about. It's, you know, have some fun for three hours, talk the sports, talk about stupid things, uh, and have fun uh, during your morning commute. But that's going to be a, a extremely serious topic that we're going to have to broach. Yes, without a doubt, and like, yeah, we're already seeing we're already seeing the results from it, right? Like, Alex Formanton does not have a job. Not again, I don't. Again, it's dangerous to say stuff like that because we we don't know anything. Like, let's not make any assumptions. True, we let's don't not make anything. any assumptions. But here's what I can tell you: Alex Formanton is a good hockey player, and he hasn't played hockey since 
and then his contract ran out. Like, the, sorry, but read between the tea leaves. Again, yeah. I don't want to. No, I, I know. Just, <laughs> I know. Let's Hard just stay away to. from that kind of stuff. Because, uh, yeah. Anyway, anywho, uh, let's give away some stuff after that uh, serious conversation uh, we we almost had and don't want to have at all. Um, let's give away some stuff as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. Your chance to win a $50 gift card to VK Bruco and some swag from them. Uh, we'll do some text messages, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing you would, um, you definitely would sign the lifetime deal for. 960, 960, name and location. But we'll play Impossible Flames Trivia next. Patrick, I'm about to text you with the answer. Okay. You specifically. <laughs> right. You and you only. What okay. if I get it? I'm going to text Patrick. I'm not going to text you, mm. but I doubt you'll get the question. But you you'll know. try. I'm going to try. All right, we'll give away some I'm stuff. I'm feeling next. The really show. smart today. <laughs> yeah, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. We'll wrap up the show with some text messages. We talked about it earlier. Uh, Will Levis has signed a lifetime deal with Mayonnaise. He's, of course, the guy, the draft pick of the Titans, the quarterback, who says he puts mayo in his coffee. Didn't that, that, that also spawned a question for us, like, what's the weirdest thing people have put in their coffee? Yeah, I think so. We did that. Is that how that live but taste you guys also was that thing how happened? Mayo on the popcorn got started? Yep, I think so. Yeah. Also, uh, it was right, around, it was right around draft. You guys also tried the Wayne Gretzky. Yes, we did. Yeah, it was right around the draft. That we was uh, we yes. uh, we did that uh, Levis thing. Yeah. Uh, it came out that he ate. Yeah, uh, ate the he also eats bananas with the peel. Yeah. So that's, that's weird. Insane. Like, why would you do that? I don't know, dude. He really doesn't feel like he's he's a standard lad. There's a lot here that projects like my family are lizard people or something like that. Maybe AI, you know? Like, he's not real. Mm-hmm. Like Will Levis is a simulation. <laughs> he's, a, he's an NPC. He's, he's an doing NPC. <laughs> an advanced NPC. Who somehow moonlights as a backup quarterback in the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, yeah. for now. Might be for a now. starter. Could be the starter yeah, soon, maybe one sooner day. rather than later. Yeah, one yeah, day, yeah. but uh, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Um, thanks, uh, Greg and Varsity. I know, uh, things that we talked about last segment are important and yes, we will, we will talk about them when the time comes, but that time is not now, but I appreciate, uh, you. And of course, uh, you give, um, a voice to the victims as well. I, I'm well aware Greg, but we're not talking about that now. It's just difficult conversations to have, but we will have them when the time, uh, calls for it. All right. Uh, it's time to, to have fun. Like we like to do on this program. Uh, we also like to give away stuff. Um, it's time to play Impossible Flames Trivia. Hit it, GVP. Get your thinking cap ready, because it's time for George Russick to deliver today's Impossible Flames Trivia question. Impossible Flames Trivia is brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from in-house Vacay Bruco and Burwood Distillery, 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest, and on Instagram... At Veranda, YYC. Uh, Patrick, I've texted you the answer. Yes. Your thoughts on the difficulty level. 
yeah, I think this is going to be tough. I, I think it's really going to be tough. Uh, that's all I can say. It's going to be tough. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. Because there could be a, this, yep. being this type, there could be a lot of names. Yep. Maddie, are you intrigued? Well, I hope you are. Yeah, mildly. That was all quite vague, so I'm I'm looking for a little bit yeah. more detail. Well, hopefully so. the hints are more <laughs> yes. clear. <laughs> yes. Um, At this point, well, I'm no more excited play. than I usually am. Um, let's play Impossible Flames trivia. The way you can win is well, you have to include your name and location to be a winner, and you haven't won anything in like the last thirty days. It's mm. that simple. Them's the rules. Easy um, promo will fish you out here if we go. you have one. Um, yeah, uh, we will. We will. We will vet the hell out of you. Um, this is how it works. I gave you three current or former members of the Calgary Flames, and you got to find the connection. It's that simple. And again, you won't be able to Google this stuff because it's the connections I come up with in my stupid head. Mm-hmm. That's why it's impossible. Flames trivia. Yes, sir. It's more like uh, uh, George finds connections to the Flames that nobody else will. Trivia. That's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. But let's play today's edition. Let's how, go. How good can you use the internet? Um, the first one is Droma Ginla. Okay. It's a very popular one in this game. Well, Iggy's all right. Uh, yeah. Born on July 1, 1977, is a former professional ice hockey winger. Winger. As, uh, winger. As, uh, yeah. Um, Howard Berger, the former uh, Maple Leaf supporter for the Fan 590 in Toronto, always said winger, and it always threw me off. Um, he played over 1,500 games in the National Hockey League for the Flames, Penguins, Bruins, Avalanche, and Kings between 1996 and 2007. He is widely regarded as one of the best players of his generation. I don't know if you know this, uh, Patrick and Maddie. His nickname, Iggy. Mm-hmm. He led the NHL in goals and points in, tw- in 2001-2002 and won the Lester B. Pearson Award yeah, as its most valuable player voted by the players. Mm-hmm. His surname means Big Tree in Yoruba, yep. his father's native language, or Yoruba. Apologies if I'm saying that wrong. Mm-hmm. Next name. Okay. Phil Housley. Okay. Philip Francis Housley was born on March 9th. 1964 is an American professional ice hockey coach and former player. He's currently an associate coach of the New York Rangers of the NHL. He previously served as assistant coach of the Coyotes of the NHL from 2019 to 22. He was the head coach of the NHL's Buffalo Sabres uh, from 2017 until 2019. He plays as a defenseman. Obviously, he was drafted by the Sabres first round of the 1982 NHL entry draft. He played for the Sabres, the Jets, the Blues, the Devils, the Capitals, the Blackhawks, the Maple Leafs, and, of course, your Calgary Flames. He was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2012 and was inducted what, what are they inducted in the International Hockey Hall of Fame in 2012 and the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2015. Halsey grew up in South Palm, Minnesota. He is married to his high school sweetheart, Karen, Aww. who is a Minnesota State Senator. Oh, cool. Halsey's oh. have four children Karen and reside Housley. in St. Mary's Point, Minnesota. Member of the 39th District. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And the last name... Martin St. Louis. Oh, I know that guy. Marty St. Louis was born on June 18, 1975, as a Canadian uh, hockey coach and former professional ice hockey player. He is currently the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens 
of the National Hockey League. As an undrafted player, St. Louis played 1,134 games and scored 391 goals and 1,033 points in an NHL career that began with, of course, the Calgary Flames in 1998 and ended with the New York Rangers in 2015. St. Louis was elected into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2018 in his first year of eligibility and is widely considered, Maddie, one of the best undrafted players of all time. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Had Put a pretty over, solid okay. career. Put over a thousand points up. Yep. A lot of them against the Flames. In one certain series, okay. yeah. Okay. 960, 960, name and location. Oh. Please refrain from answering they haven't been in George's kitchen. Uh, uh, haven't they all been in your kitchen? No. Okay, here we go. They have a name and location. Uh, yeah, at least Martin. Jerome McGinley. Phil Housley and Martin Saint Louis all have something in common as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. Brought to you by our good friends at Fake Bruco and Burwood Distillery. $50 gift card up for grabs and some swag from them as well. You guys ready for hit number one? Hell yeah. Trophies that are made from sterling silver are the best. Sterling silver trophies are the best. Okay. Trophies that are made from sterling silver are the best. Now, hint number one. I wonder what trophies are made out of sterling. I feel like that could be mm. a little bit of a Google here. Uh, trophies, sterling trophies, maybe. Um, let me see if I can do a little tippy tap here. See if I can come up with anything. Sterling trophies. Are they all, uh, have they all received. Like one of those um, manhole covers that a city gives out. <laughs> you know the, the big okay. manhole covers when you when you do something good for a city, and instead of the key to the city, yep. they give you the manhole covers. Have do they yep. all own one of those? Maybe nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Trophies that are made from sterling silver are the best. Martin Saint Louis. Phil Housley and Jerome McGinley all have something in common as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. Um, World Junior Champs, not what I'm looking for. They all, all won the Lester B. Pearson. Mm-hmm. Lancer the Rancher, love your handle, not what I'm looking for. Lancer the Maybe they all got to hold a sterling silver trophy that they won at a charity golf scramble together in Albuquerque. Mm. Jesse and beautiful Toscana, Tuscany, all married to their high school sweethearts. Oh, not what I'm looking for, though. They Grady and Calgary, they all have a thousand NHL points. Not what I'm looking for. If they could be a genie, they would want to be in a sterling silver lamp. Mm. These are some of these are coming in good. Um, Nothing Darren, on either of those, uh, really. The one the okay. King Clancy, all given silver sticks in Calgary from Sean. Oh, oh those are okay. It's not um, a bad guess. You're getting pretty good at these, eh? Our listeners are getting pretty good at these. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a trend. Again, Todd and Jamie, they all got a silver stick for their 1,000th game in Calgary. That's very good guesses. I wish I thought of something like that. I'm not that smart. Uh, you never, you never get the silver George, stick. George, checking when you're that on the text. You taking the te- text there? You never oh get a goodness. silver stick when you're on the road as well. Shauna already got it. Shauna's the winner. Wow. How? Don't know. 
We need How did Shauna get that? Did Sha- she have a a, Sha- a, a line to your phone? Uh, maybe I don't know. We How was that possible that Shauna got that? Shauna got it. Uh, congratulations to Shauna Dwinton uh, in Dwinton. Uh, or Shauna in Dwinton? Yeah, it's a, it's a town. Where's Dwinton? Just south here. Yep, just mm-hmm. a little south. North Stone, Okotoks. Stone throw. Such an idiot. Where well, Logan lives in Dwinton. Shauna in Dwinton. Yeah, that's where Logo lives. And I and I ask, uh, you know, layman location. Uh, they were all second team all stars. That's the answer to the question. Mm-hmm. She's got it. She won. Well, do you get a, a sterling silver trophy when you're a second team all star? Uh, silver, as in second. So the sterling silver was snake oil. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the second hint was uh, Van Gogh's Starry Night is one of my favorite paintings of all time. Ah, stars. And then the third one. Uh, think of the Smash Mouth song, and I'm not talking about walking on the sun. Yeah. Hey now. Mm. What's another Smash Mouth song? No, I only yeah. know All Star. Congratulations, Shauna! You've was... won a fifty dollars gift card to Vacay Bruco. Really hoping for a cheeky reference there, but and some swag <laughs> from Vacay Bruco. Uh, Impossible Frames trivia is brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from in-house Vacay Bruco and Burwood Distillery. Twenty-five sixty-six Flanders Avenue Southwest, and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. Shauna just crushed it. Oh, I'm a believer. That's a banger. Uh, Shauna just uh, also texted, my husband is a genius. I guess he is, Shauna, because you guys just won. You're taking him out for beers. Is your your husband a second-team all-star? Is he a former NHLer? Yeah. Uh, And thank you. Um, Wow, this clown is such a Toronto guy not knowing the important town of Dwinton. My apologies. It's not important. It's wow. it's a town. It's it's a, it's a little again, ranch town. If you're gonna disparage me, at least say Niagara guy, like not Toronto no, but, guy. Wait, you're from Niagara? Yeah, I know. Really? But yeah, like again, have you said learning that Alberta? I'm trying to learn things. Like, like what's wrong with that? I ask questions. Absolutely. <laughs> How did nothing. I know? I don't know. I'm, I'm I barely know my way around Calgary, let alone Dwinton. There's people that have lived here for 20 years that still don't know their way around this place. That actually amazes me, like, driving around with people. They all use directions. I'm like, don't you know your way around the city by now? I'm pretty good with directions. I use directions because I like to have the, uh, like, I'm playing video games, and I have a progress bar. tells me how close I am. And also traffic and construction. That's usually why I use maps. Okay. Yeah, traffic. Yeah, the construction. construction, especially in the summer, and Google has gotten a lot better at actually updating their stuff. Uh, Matt and Cochran calling Dwinton a town is a stretch. No, it's, it, it, Hamlet. It, it's a Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like less than a thousand people. I yeah. think. Okay. I don't my, know. My. I can't find their current population. I'm trying. But I mean, they do. You their, didn't know they about the, Dwinton, idiot. They do less their, than a hundred people. They either do their business in South so Calgary or Okotoks. Yeah, there so. you go. Okay. All right. My apologies to the good people of Dwinton. Yeah. You. I can't believe you did that, George. Can't believe you got us in hot water How dare. like this. It got Tyler Myers uh, grew up in Dwinton after he moved from Houston. Mm. Really? Yep. Oh, his dad and his family were big in the oils, so uh, they oh, okay. moved up here. And yeah. they, they settled in Dwinton. Long dude. Well, very long again. Dwinton yeah. is closer to uh, Launchpad Golf than we are closer yes, to Launchpad Golf. Yes, that is true. <laughs> That's really? A fun fact for See, you. now you're talking. Now you're talking my language. Yeah, just got to put a golf course as a little bit of a. Yeah. A landmark for yeah, you, and, point, and there right we go. There. Yeah, no problem. 
Uh, I am Shauna's husband. Send the tickets to me. Not a bad text. Nice. <laughs> What's well your last played. name then? Because yeah. I see it. Yeah, I see your last name. No Mr. problem. Uh, text her. Yeah. And it's not tickets. It's a $50 gift card to and some swag. And some swag. It's good uh, swag, too. I use directions because hearing the GPS tell me where to go makes me feel less lonely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, womp womp. You know um, I would recommend the uh, Big Show podcast. Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you yeah. get your podcast would probably be the best thing to use for yeah. uh, you know, it's, not being lonely. Because, you know, yeah. it's just like a couple guys hanging out here. We're just right. all dudes. Just You know what it is, too? Stuff. Um, <laughs> thank you. Dude I was born stuff. and raised in Alberta, and, and I've never heard of Dwinton. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's literally, you, you have to go off the highway to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'd know I was in Dwinton if I was, if I didn't read road signs. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, I don't know what it looks like. I know the general right. area of Dwinton. Yeah, but it's out of the way. It's a little town. It, it, it's it's like a bunch of houses on on McLeod Trail. Oh, George! Apparently, Sirocco Golf Course is technically in Dewinton. We played there. Oh, okay, this year. all right. There I'm a go. big fan of that. Oh, course. yeah, look at that. Yeah. Sirocco's just like literally northwest of there. Yeah, we really enjoyed that. Okay, all right. I'm a big fan of your or hamlet or town, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> big fan of it. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, experiencing uh, what Alberta has to offer because. I've been in discussions because Patrick uh, might as well do this live on the air. I think the three of us need to go to the outdoor game in Edmonton. Mm. Yeah, well, we've done this already on the air. I yeah, agree. No, but, yeah, like three of us got to go. And I'm uh, again, I, I wanted to fly, but I'm like, maybe I want to drive because I want to see that drive, what it looks like. To Edmonton. Flat. You can drive. I'll sit in passenger and sleep the whole way. It'll be sweet. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is there anything? I, mean, I want to take a, in the sights. Is there anything better than a co-pilot that sleeps on a road trip? Yeah. Well, there'd be three of us in the uh, in the vehicle, the station vehicle, by the way. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I want to make that drive to see what that drive from Calgary and Edmonton has to offer. I'm telling you right now, it's there's a prison straight. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a prison. Yeah, really? boat, boat. Yeah. Uh, you'll pass that by. Hey, I learned a fun fact about Edmonton while I was houseboating. You want to hear it? Yeah. Um, Canada's largest correctional facility is in Edmonton. It is. Yes, it is. Really? Yeah. It's not in Kingston? No, it's in Edmonton. Oh, wow. So if you want a big trip to the big house, that's the city for yep. you. Edmonton remand. Yeah. Hmm. That's nice. Uh, more you know, Sounder JVP? Uh, this Thank is more you. than anyone's ever talked about DeWinton in the history of DeWinton. That's a fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you do when you do a show like this and you you do it every day, well, uh-huh. it's usually every day when we're not on vacation. You know, some shows are better than others. Mm-hmm. I was really proud of yesterday's show. I had a lot of fun yesterday. Yeah, yesterday was a banger of a mm-hmm. show, and then today I'm like, meh, <laughs> not the one we can put in the radio hall of fame. <laughs> Is this going on your reel? <laughs> yeah, I don't think this show even cracks the top eighty that we've done. <laughs> I don't even know. Have we done 80 shows? I don't know. Uh, how many, how have, we many have we done? I have no idea. Well, usually we'd still be 200? doing Impossible Flames trivia right now. Well, yeah, if they didn't. <laughs> no, but again, it, but Impossible Flames trivia shouldn't go longer segment. than like 15 minutes, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, congratulations to Shauna, who broke Impossible Flames trivia today. Yeah, they're going to. The, the, like, Shauna's the, the person who's gotten the fastest in the history of Impossible Flames trivia. Yeah. By the way, those players, Aginla 0304 was on the second team. 
Martin St. Louis, tons of times. 12, 13, 10, 11, 09, 10, 06, 07. Mm-hmm. And Phil Helsley, way back when in 1991 and 1992, yeah. was a second team All Star. Yeah, with the Jets. With Win- yeah. Yeah. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. I'm getting a lot of texts about Dwinton now, and it's awesome. Um, what do you got coming up on Mucho Big Show? Well, we'll keep Patrick. the Blue Jays conversation going. We're going to talk with uh, Ben Schulman, radio play-by-play, cool. and uh, we'll talk about the series in Baltimore. Um, do we want a golf guest tomorrow on? Tee up the uh, CP Women's Open at Shaughnessy? Works for me. Our boy Adam Stanley is going to be out there. And uh, I definitely want to talk about Brooke Henderson's vision with Adam Stanley because he brought <laughs> it up yesterday. And I want to know if that popped into his head from the question I asked him. I want to take credit for that. I... I really don't know if I, I feel like he's pretty dialed on Brooke Henderson. Like they feel like they're they've gotten quite close over the last couple of years. But sure, yeah. Anytime to pat yourself on the back, why not? No, right? I'm just I'm yeah. Just wondering. Hey, no, like, I, I get it. I get it. I'm wondering. Give yourself your laurels, bro. Um, to, uh, do the podcast. Maybe listen to yesterday's show. Um, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll endeavor to do better tomorrow. Speak for yourself. Okay, Mucho Big Show is next. Have a terrific Wednesday. Enjoy the Blue Jay game. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.